Okay, let's look, let's look at session five, developing our committed. And so we're, as we move through those circles, we have to remember that we want to help people grow in their relationship with Christ. The Bible says this, brothers and sisters, because of the Lord Jesus, we ask and encourage you to excel in living a God-pleasing life even more than you already do. So how do we excel in living a God-pleasing life? How do we accelerate your spiritual growth so you can be more than you were next year than you are right now? How can you keep growing? In order to do that, we have to have a process of spiritual growth. Our process of spiritual growth, we call next steps, that you could step in to connect, step with to grow, step up and serve, and step out to share. We teach those four basic classes to help you understand the process of spiritual growth, connecting, growing, serving, and sharing, honoring God. This is our discipleship process. Now, here's some myths about spiritual growth. We think that spiritual growth is automatic, and the fact is you can grow older without growing up. Did you know that? And so it's not automatic. You have to work at it. Paul said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He wasn't talking about work to get saved. He was saying, take what happened in your heart and work on it. Let God work on you. And here's the good thing. God says, he who began the good work in you is going to be faithful to complete it. So when you work on your spiritual development, you're joining God in what he's already doing in your heart. You're joining him. We say growth is instant. You come to Christ and you're already mature. That's not true. You know that. It takes time to change the course of our lives. Spiritual growth is a process in surrendering to his lordship. Do you know how we know that you're grown to full spiritual maturity? When you're dead. When you're dead. You could grow just by attending church. Y'all know that ain't true. You know that ain't, you know, one of the things as pastor, I hear people say, well, pastor, I, I, I'm just not being fed by your sermons. Well, if the only time you eat when I preach, you're going to starve to death, y'all. I could have a full seven-course buffet every week, and you, if you don't learn to feed yourself, you're going to starve. You're going to starve. When you say, I'm not being fed, that's your fault. You know, I remember my mama. I told my mama, I said, Mama, I'm hungry. I'm hungry, Mama. She says, you know where the kitchen is. You know how to turn on the stove. It's called maturity. Now, when I was two, my mama had to feed me. But when I got to be 13, she didn't feed me no more. And obviously, I learned how to feed myself, right? <laughs> so we have to grow up. We have to grow up. And so we have to allow the Lord to work in our lives. Number four, you can obtain spiritual maturity by yourself. No, you can't. How can you love one another if you're by yourself? How can you serve one another if you're by yourself? How can you encourage one another if you're by yourself? How can you meet one another's needs if you're by yourself? You need people to grow in maturity. Myth number five, you measure spiritual growth by how much you know. Do you know who can quote scripture? Satan. Satan quotes scripture, quoted it to Jesus. Satan was quoting scripture to the one who wrote scripture. You talk about pride. Well, pride made the devil the devil. And just because you know scripture don't mean you're like Jesus. 
Some of the meanest people I know knew a lot of scripture. There was an old boy in our church in Victoria. He'd get up every morning and he'd read his Bible with his wife and they'd pray and then he'd go visit his mistress. Hmm. He knew a lot. In any kind of public gathering before this secret came out, he was quick to pontificate his theological position with great fervor. He knew this, but he didn't know this. Hmm. How do you know when you have reached spiritual maturity? You're dead or you bear fruit. What fruit do you bear? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. The nine fruit of the Spirit. Every good tree bears good fruit and bad tree bears bad fruit. And by their fruits, you will recognize them. So here's eight beliefs about spiritual growth. Spiritual growth is intentional. I have to work at it. I must be intentional to grow. In our step with class, we teach you how to read your Bible, how to pray, how to dissect scripture, how to do basically biblical hermeneutics and exegesis. Now we don't call it those big words. We, call it, we really talk to you about how to apply the Bible to your life and what's the context of what it's saying so you don't twist off and get down to some bad road of theology. We talk about those things. So it's, it's intentional. You have to work on it. Facts about commitment. We become what we're committed to. A great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will not only produce a great church, but it also will produce a great Christian. So we tend to become like whomever or whatever we're committed to. Um, you ever notice this in relationships? The longer you're married, the more you and your spouse will start looking alike. Now, Tara's praying against that. <laughs> and I'm praying for that. I can look more like her. But the truth is, we uh, actually, you know, you start looking like your dog more than your spouse. Did you know that? That's why we don't have a dog. We don't want anyone that ugly. But you, you grow to what you're committed to. In, um, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith and all the, pers the uh, persecutions and trials you're enduring, 2 Timothy. So you must ask for commitment or you won't get it. Okay, I want to let you in on another little secret. Every Sunday when I preach, I'm asking for three commitments. You're going to hear them Sunday. Ask for three. In fact, we're ending this Sunday with communion. That's going to be our statement of commitment is communion. Okay? Ask for three commitments. First commitment I ask for is give your life to Jesus. Every week, I'm asking people to give your life to Jesus. The second commitment I'm asking for is come back to Jesus. If you've wandered astray and you have something going on in your heart, you need to come back to Jesus, come on home. Come on home. You've heard me say it. Just come on home. And the third commitment is go further with Jesus. Go further with Jesus. If you're a believer and you love the Lord and you're growing, go further. Go further. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. I don't want to settle for a little bit of Jesus. I want all of him. Don't you? Don't you? I want to become like him. I want to know what he knows. I want to see what he sees. I want to hear what he hears. I want to say what he says. I want to have his mind. I want to have the mind of Christ. Mind of Christ. Uh, this today, I was working on the 2020 preaching schedule. What I'm going to preach 
this in the next year. And I'll give you a quick synopsis. We're going to start off the year. It's the year of vision. We're going to start off the year looking at the real you. See the real you. And we're going to deal with your hurts and your habits and your hangups, your struggles, your forgiveness, your purpose, your perspective, your hopes, your dreams, your fears. We're going to look at all those things throughout God's word, mostly out of Paul's letters. And then we're going to look at God's promises, see the promises of God. And leading up to Easter, I'm going to be talking about the covenants God made, the covenant with Adam, the covenant with Noah, the covenant with Abraham, the covenant with Moses, the covenant with David, and then finally, the covenant of King Jesus, and that's Easter Sunday. Then after we finish Easter Sunday, I'm going to start a series called See Forever, and we're going to talk about heaven. We're going to talk about hell. We're going to talk about end times. We're going to talk about urgency. We're going to talk about what Jesus said, then the end will come. And we're going to talk about our response. What do y'all think about that? And then in the summer, we're going to take 15 weeks and we're going to preach on 15 different Psalms. And we're going to see the heart of God out of the book of Psalms. And we're going to do 15 of them. And today I spent majority of day looking at Psalms saying, yeah, we need to preach that. Yeah, we need to preach that. We need to preach that. But you know the problem is? I found more than 15 we need to preach. So what I'm asking some of our scholars to do is I'm asking them to find 15 that complement the 15 I'm teaching, and we're going to offer it as a Sunday school class so we could teach through the Psalms while we're preaching through the Psalms. How does that sound? You'll get a Psalm in the, in the, in the gathering, a Psalm in your group. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? Sounds like intentionality. And then next fall, we're going to talk about seeing what could be. And I'm going to preach through the book of Joshua. Joshua. And then after that, I really don't know what we're going to do. I got some ideas, but I haven't got it nailed down. Does that sound like fun? And so we're going to go through that. Now, why? Because it's intentional. We want to be committed. You know, when I think about you guys, I get excited about, whoo, we're going to cook up something really good this week. I'm going to lay it out there. Y'all going to eat it. And I hope you get it on you. And I hope you take a doggy bag home with you. That's why we provide God time, group time, and our gathering time synced together so you will be nourished spiritually. Spiritually. Did y'all know that? That's what we're doing. It takes a lot of work. Did y'all know that? But that's all right. That work keeps me out of trouble. And it's all for Jesus and all because we love you. People want to be committed to something that gives their lives meaning. That gives their lives meaning. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I'll make your fishers of bed. So spiritual growth is also is incremental. Spiritual growth, like physical growth, doesn't happen overnight. In fact, you grow best in adversity. You grow best in adversity. Knowing Christ and loving Christ and growing in Christ and then serving Christ and then sharing Christ, connecting with Christ, growing in Christ, serving Christ, sharing Christ. These are the steps, and this is part of what our membership class is. No understanding your shape. We're going to talk about that in a second. Understanding God's peace. We're going to talk about that in a second. Jesus turned and he saw Andrew and John following him and asked, what are you looking for? They said, Rabbi, where are you staying? He said, come and see. Come and see. Jesus always invites you to do this. Listen to this. Come and see. Come and follow. Come and serve. 
hey, come and die. Die to yourself. Come and see. Come and follow. Hey, come and serve. Come and die. Connecting, growing, serving, sharing. All for Jesus. Huh. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and following me. Spiritual growth is it, it's not just intentional, but it's incremental. Spiritual growth is personal. We don't all grow the same. We don't. We don't all learn the same. We don't all grow the same. Some people learn best by listening. They go through the ear gate. Some people learn best by reading. They go through the eye gate. Some learn best by discussing. They, go through the, they grow through the mouth gate. Others learn by doing. They grow through the hand gate. So you're different. An intensive, extended, all church emphasis involving every age group becomes a particular aspect of spiritual growth. Y'all, every fall, it's coming up, and this is us. We want to align everybody in the same curriculum, the same purpose, so we will all go together. Now, I want to say this to you, okay? We're offering it this fall. I'll be preaching on This Is Us. We've provided small group videos that you can watch. Also, we have a team of writers that are writing Sunday school curriculum for you teachers to teach based on these messages. It's not a repeat of the message. It's a deeper dive. And we're providing a spiritual devotional that goes along with all of this leading up to the This Is Us campaign. And I know some people in our church are not going to do it. They're just not. They're going to say, we're going to do what we want to do and we want to do it. You know what I'm going to say? That's fine. That's fine. I'm not going to force you. Because I love you. But I'm going to offer it to you. And I'm going to offer you to do this. And if people say, well, I'm just not going to do it. Well, that's fine. But it's better if we all did it because we will grow together. Does that make sense? I'm not going to be stiff-necked. I'm going to be loving. And I'm going to pray that all of our church gets behind this because if we do, God will move in a great way because God loves unity. And that's where his presence dwells, it says in the book of Psalms. You know, we're planning our gatherings, our musical, our music around these topics as well and our experiences around these topics. And I think it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. In fact, we do this for every series, by the way, every series. So when I'm planning out this preaching message, I'm planning out group time where I'll go and shoot video or we'll have curriculum writers writing. And we're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep doing this. Examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourself. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you fail the test of genuine faith. Spiritual growth, number four, is practical. We grow by developing good habits. Take the time and trouble to keep yourself spiritually fit, Paul said to Timothy. Notice that in this verse, it takes time and it takes effort to be spiritually fit. God is the one who ultimately does the work in us, but he expects us to do our part. He expects us to do our part. So you need to have a personal time with the Lord. So here's three, oh, here's the three most important spiritual habits you can have. A daily time with God, a weekly tithe to God, and a committed team for God. So you need to give you yourself your time to the Lord, your resources to the Lord, and then your ministry to the Lord in a team for God. Number five, spiritual growth is relational. 
Let us be concerned for one another, to help one another, to show love and to do good. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some people are doing. Instead, let's encourage one another all the more. So Susie's three decisions I can make that'll help me grow relationally. Get in a group, get a spiritual coach, be a coach or a host or a spiritual mentor or a teacher. Teach, be intentional. Number six, spiritual growth is multidimensional. Multidimensional. It takes all five life commitments, honor, connect, grow, serve, and share for you to become like Christ. These are the five basics. Number seven, y'all tell I'm going faster? Spiritual growth is seasonal. It's seasonal. Um, you remember when you were an adolescent, you had a growth spurt? I saw a kid today that this summer he's grown two inches. In two months, he's grown two inches. That's a growth spurt. He's, uh, he's going to grow more than that, but he's growing. Remember, there, there's the, the, the time that you grow and you have growth spurts. Plants don't grow consistently. They grow in spring and summer. And uh, there's more about rhythm that I want to talk about when you don't have time. Spiritual number eight, spiritual growth is incarnational. What that means is Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Jesus is in you. Paul said it this way, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and he gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. I love that passage of scripture. Christ himself carried our sins in his body to the cross so we might die to sin and live for righteousness. It's by his wounds we have been healed. We have been healed. Jesus does it for you. Now, here's what I want you to ask you to do. After all, we've talked about what is your next step. We offer this class, Step With. If you've not taken it, take it. Take it. You probably could teach it. You probably could mentor others in it. You probably need to be leading a group. During the This Is Us campaign, lead a group. I provide the teaching uh, via video and we provide the questions to ask. All you have to do is get people together and play the video and discuss it and God will do something great in your life. You know, at my house on Wednesday nights, we had 18 people at my house on Wednesday nights and all their kids. They have 500 kids each. <laughs> and Joyce and Tara managed the kids and I had the adults and uh, Mike and Shiloh, you were there. It was amazing, wasn't it? I, I love Shiloh. It's what Shiloh said. Shiloh, she, I heard her making a lot of noise. I said, sister, what you doing? She said, I'm getting out my notes. This is going to be good. And she took notes. You remember that, Shiloh? I went, yeah, I had a girl. Yeah, I gave you an extra cookie, actually. But the truth is, that's where we grow. And the intimacy there was amazing, amazing in our house. And Tara and I are committed to do that. We're committed to do that. In fact, this fall, we're going to be inviting you guys, many of you guys, into our home. Because we want to know you and we want to see you become like Jesus. Okay? Y'all got it? What is your next step? What do you need to do? Join a group. Join a group. Tom will sign you up tonight. So here's some personal exercises there for you. You can look through that. And here's some church exercises.